Well, welcome to Coffee with Vern, a time where we have intentional conversations about the gospel and we desire to talk about theological truth. Thanks for joining us. We hope you can learn and grow and be fed through this. Boker Tov, good morning, good afternoon. Hey, maybe even good evening. How you doing, everybody? Everybody doing all right? Jesse Moore, how you doing? I'm doing good. We back, episode two. It's crazy. We're back at it, brother. We're on a weekly basis, and I'm so excited to be back in this room with you. Doing coffee with Vern. Coffee with Vern. Don't say it. Drinking no coffee. Oh, and there it is. Second, <laughs> second episode in a row. All right. Well, let's let the people know what happened no to me this morning. Yeah, How about that? <laughs> yeah. Since that, my sleeve is still wet. <laughs> well, I've already had two and a half cups um, this morning. I got up early with Anna, and I started studying for this weekend. Uh, which this weekend is D now. D now. When this airs, it'll probably be post D now, but that's yeah. okay. So um, hopefully, all you listeners enjoyed D now at that point. But <laughs> um, no, it, I went to my favorite coffee shop, Goat Kick, and I got what I get anytime I go in there before twelve o'clock. Mm-hmm. Anytime I get a black coffee, and they know that they got me like they're giving me my order before people have even ordered theirs and then I pay for it after. I don't maybe you've experienced this anybody out there that has those to-go cups that are not like they're the plastic ones that they give you at a coffee shop or whatever that material is. The lids do not lock on them well. <laughs> like so this has happened twice in 2 days. Yesterday I went to Ubora, mm. the lid wasn't on and the whole time I drove to my meeting I had it sloshing on me. <laughs> like my poor truck. And then today um, I, I think, I don't think it was anyone's direct fault. I don't, I really don't. I think it was a faulty cup and I grabbed the cup and the <laughs> lid spewed <laughs> off and the cup, the, the coffee manhandled the second cup degree so burn everywhere, just everywhere. Burn, burn, burn. And then as I was leaving, I told my friends in there, I said, well, guys, here's a great truth for today. This was hot, but hell is hotter. Ha ha. See y'all later. So well, you could have rhymed. Said, here's your pastoral wisdom for today. Wow. What could I have said? Something about coffee and rhyme? This is hot, but heaven is not. That's pretty good. You know, I'm not, Jesse Moore, put that on a t-shirt with your face next to it. No. <laughs> so, well, it is so good to uh, be back. And we had such a blast last week getting to just get this thing started again. And we are excited about um, where the Lord is leading us uh, in the direction that he is kind of um, helping us discern through. And so today, as we talked about last week, we are beginning a new series uh, that we've titled Foundations. And we're just going to hit different foundations of the faith, foundations of the church. And our goal is to equip you saints with tools, ultimately, that you can use. And yeah. so um, it's funny, actually, that today we'll be talking about our first one, the gospel Um, this has been over the last week, something I've had a lot of conversation about and not, not sharing the gospel just in its first, like sharing with somebody. So like in the mode of evangelism, Mm -hmm. but actually I had this conversation we're going to have today about how the gospel is something you constantly return to multiple times this week. And so I think that's really cool how God has kind of stirred that in our hearts. Um, I think it's really cool. And I, I know Jesse can speak to this too, and he probably will is over the last maybe a couple of years for me, more or less since I got married though. So over the last 10 months, the gospel has become so much more real, authentic, um, necessary to be preached to myself. Um, And I, I, I I will argue that the greatest thing that God has used for that 
is the image that he's displayed in my marriage with my wife and mm-hmm. how that replicates Christ's love to the church. Yeah, kind of like a earthly representation. Yes. Yeah, and, and it stirred my heart to understand this gospel message more as a daily need more than a one-time message. Yeah. And so um, I'm excited about it. And also, I, I think I've said this before in past episodes, and I, if not, I've said it in plenty of sermons to my kids, but growing up, if I heard a preacher get on stage or even at North Greenville, and this is something I still in my heart, I'm so burdened about and just pray that I know the Lord forgives me over, but it just breaks my soul. But I would hear a preacher get up and say, we're going to talk about the gospel today. And I would get upset because I'm like, why won't you teach me the rest of the Bible? And long and behold, this fool, the whole Bible is about the gospel, James. And so um, I'm just so thankful for that work that God has done, though, and sanctifying me to that point. Um, I'm broken over that view. But, man, I'm so thankful that now looking back, I go, man, I should have been excited that they said that. And so that's where we're at today. And and I'm like you. That's something I had to to come to grips with as well. The gospel is not just part of your testimony. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not just something that you bring out. Not one time message. When you're evangelizing or giving your testimony is something. It's like you said, it's something that you need to preach to yourself every day. The gospel is his story in you if you know him. And his story, the history in you. mm -hmm. It's just, it's really, it's really cool to be able to think about that. And I know for me, um, anytime I read the Bible now, in light of this, you're seeing the gospel. Oh, yeah. You know, growing up, I think uh, it's, it's so funny. It's, not intentional in the ways that we were taught. And what I'm referring to is more or less the children's curriculums. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not, I don't think it's an intentional matter, but uh, unintentionally uh, the gospel was always portrayed as a one-time message or just the four gospel narratives. Oh yeah. That's what I was going to say. When you're, when we were growing up, I felt like especially the story of Jesus's life got Mm. hit only on Easter and only at Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. And then the rest of the time, you're like, and see, that's why I grew up. I was so confused as to who fell where in the Bible. So like when I started reading more for myself, I'm sitting here reading and thinking, oh, he's in the New Testament? I Mm -hmm. thought he was in the Old Testament. Because you grow up and everything is just divided into separate sections. Well, and it it makes it sound like it's not one book. Right. And nothing nothing is applied in its... um, fulfillment in Christ. Right. And that's, that was so refreshing in college. Um, I had my old Testament professors just expound on how Christ fulfilled all of these things. Right. And like, for me, like, yeah, you hear that, but I needed to see it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, um, and like I said, I don't think that's an intentional matter. And I think that that's our generation. Like it, it didn't matter what church you went to that the curriculum just unintentionally, well, I think made with, it sound like multiple parts. And I think with kids too, it's it's easy to do the same stories over and over again. Right, right. And that's why you, you it's it's hard to find and you'll eventually figure this right. out. Uh it's hard to find a really good children's Bible. Yeah. That's not that's not an actual Bible, right. right? And so we have the two that we found that's really really good is the Jesus uh, the Jesus, Jesus Bible, Storybook Bible, is that the one? The biggest story Bible is the one with um, by Kevin DeYoung. That's the one that Anna uses for her class. At it's school. All, yeah, it's, it's great. Off the chain. It's great. And the other one, 
Yeah, the Jesus Storybook Bible. That's got to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, that one, and then the greatest story ever told, or the greatest, the biggest, sto- story. The biggest story. Yeah, yeah. And, and so the biggest story one is good because it goes over everything. It's everything. huge. Yeah, but also at the end of every chapter, it points it to Jesus Christ. Everything mm-hmm. fulfilled in Christ, and it's always pointing to Jesus. And the same thing with the Jesus Story Bible, just in a smaller, smaller, smaller chunks. doses. Yeah. But those were, I mean, because we've been through. I can't tell you how many kids. You've been looking for them. Yeah, yeah we have like, I, I, really, I can't tell you how many kids' story Bible things that we have. We even have like the <laughs> yeah. the Berenstein Bear story Bible. Having a wife now that is a kindergarten teacher, um, it's been really cool to get to look at like children's curriculums and look at children's books and like children's Bibles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's there. there's not a lot of great ones out there for the sake, and hear, hear me correctly, for the sake of pointing your child to, like, when one day they study the, the right. whole canon, they'll still understand. They'll know it. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, like, and they've great, not just heard the same five stories. And those big stories, like, growing up, like, I only knew, I, I knew about David and Goliath. Jonah. I knew about creation. I knew about Jonah. <laughs> um, I knew about Moses, the Ten Commandments. Yeah. And... Brother, that's it yeah. of the Old Testament. Oh, yeah, 100%. And like I said, unintentionally, I think, is what it took place. And those were those are exhaustive stories. They are big stories, and they they do have fulfillment. Christ fulfilled those stories, ultimately. Yeah. But um, it was just, it was such an eye-opening experience when I got to college. And I'm so thankful for that time that I got with certain professors and just certain accountability guys, like my roommates, that we were able to watch God open our eyes to mm-hmm. this is the gospel. And actually Genesis to Revelation is the gospel. Right. It's the good news. Right. And so that's what, that's our burden. And that's kind of what we wanted to encourage you with today uh, to our saints and brothers and sisters in Christ is ultimately the whole canon of scripture points to this great news of Christ. Um, and you need the whole Bible to tell the gospel. Um, and so what we wanted to do today was kind of cover a couple areas in that and hopefully just encourage you. Like, I know I've talked to multiple people that they say, like, I feel ill-adequate to share the gospel. Is that it? Ill-equipped. Feel ill-equipped or... Um, or inadequate. Inadequate. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> Clearly not enough coffee. Well, there goes my words again, season four, and I'm oh, still messing up words. I'm sorry. But um, they feel ill-equipped to share the gospel. Yeah. And I'm like, brother, sister, you don't go and share the gospel of your own power. Yeah. You are ill-equipped oh, apart yeah. from Christ. 100%. And that's what I want people to re- remember. We've said it a thousand times. You get equipped by the equipper. Yeah. Right? He equips his people. Yeah. He doesn't call the equipped. That's right. He equips, he the, equips called. the called. And so be encouraged um, out there as we talk a little bit about that. So, I know for me, and I don't know what you had a little bit prepared or thought through, but I wanted to use what I, I wanted to share what I share with my kids every time I Mm -hmm. explain the gospel. So every time I have a student sign up for like next steps or discipleship class, if they grew up in this church or if they've been here one day, if they've known Christ for 10 years, if they've not, we go through the gospel first week Yeah, because it, 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 you need That's to be reminded. That's exactly right. <laughs> and so I, uh, I use the presentation that Greg Gilbert presents in his little black book uh, from nine marks called what is the gospel? Um, greatest source that I have on how to share the gospel. Uh, if you need a plug, 
but he defines the gospel into four different parts. And then I like to add a fifth part to help people have hope. Um, like when they need hope, they can remember that fifth word, but the four different words that he breaks it down into is God, man, Christ response. Mm. And that's how he starts to define the gospel. And it's easy to remember those four things, God, man, Christ response. And then you fill in the blanks, you fill in the gaps. Um, and you start at creation. So in the beginning, God, yeah, right? he created the heavens and the earth and it was good. It was perfect. Well, he created man, right? And man was perfect. And there was perfect harmony and fellowship between man and God. Well, man, man rebelled against God. He disobeyed God actively and he went against what God had commanded in the garden. And so sin enters the world through man and that affects the whole of creation. And we see all through the Old Testament that man is at this battle because of the separation with God as they are trying to elevate themselves to a place of God. Mm. But look at God's faithfulness. God is faithful and he never abandons his people. He is gracious. He is merciful and he's steadfast in his love to his people. God, man. Well, God promises that there will be a redeemer, that there will be one who will bridge this gap of separation that was uh, created by man's disobedience. God, man, who would that be? Christ. Christ is the bridge. And Christ would come and Christ did come and he fulfilled all of what man could not so that he could bridge the gap between man and God's uh, fellowship and create that relationship that was severed in the garden. Christ comes. Christ dies on a cross in our place. He stepped in the place that we rightfully deserved. And he, the anointed Christ, so the word Christ means anointed, the promised one dies and gives his life as a sacrificial lamb, right? To atone for our sins, God, man, Christ. And what God has required of man today is he's required surrender. And that is all. There must be a response and all of man gives a response. They respond in surrender or neglect, Hebrews tells us. Mm. God, man, Christ response. And then I love to add the fifth word sometimes, which I don't remember if Greg talks a little bit about this in his book, but I like to add return. So God, man, Christ response, return. The beauty is there is a return. Christ is going to return. Christ is going to come. A second coming is promised all through the canon, by the way. From the Old Testament to Revelation, there is a promise of a return, which is amazing to think about it. If you've ever thought about the fact that eschatology is talked about in the Old Testament, right? Mm -hmm. Um, just a beautiful thing that God has done. (laughs) Isaiah 65, 17 through Exactly. Daniel uh, addresses it. I mean, just what a God we serve. But there is a return and Christ has not abandoned us. Once again, just as God has not abandoned his people when they willfully rebelled against him, that promise still stands and is fulfilled in Christ and his first coming and is fulfilled in the fact that he's coming again. So there is a return and that return will come and he will make all things new mm-hmm. where man will once again, those who have been redeemed by the blood of Christ will live in perfect fellowship for eternity with God return. So God, man, Christ response, return. And that's what I tell the kids. I'm like, this is the gospel. And the cool thing is you can see all five of these words in every book of the Bible. So that's what, that's what we present to the kids. And, and that's easy for them to take. I mean, that's a five minute oh, at yeah. most. Something they can absorb. And the more you share it, the more you polish your language mm-hmm. and the way of helping others. So like, depending on who I'm talking about, depends on what words I use. I can define those words in easier language. Mm -hmm. 
without taking them away from the truth of the scripture. That's yeah. the beauty. And so, but those words are easy. God, man, Christ response, return. And that's the gospel. Yeah. That's my, that's what one of the things I really want to talk about is what we present to the kids. Yeah. hundred percent. So talking to people who know the gospel. Mm. So let's, let's get into that. So why is it important to hear the gospel Knowing again and gospel? again and again? And when you say preach it to yourself, yeah. Explain that a little bit, mm-hmm. because I feel like there's probably some people like, like you like, when you were growing up. Yeah, like, myself. Why yeah. are we doing? Why are we going over this? Why do you need that I'm, again? I'm already yeah. saved. Um. Well, let's let's put it into perspective of never forget where you were. Amen. Um. <laughs> you know, never forget where your origin was, and you must be reminded constantly. Yeah. Every single day that this gospel message that you have received as a believer is a gift of grace yeah. and to neglect it, to neglect it at all, even as I did before is to neglect Jesus in your life. I, and I, we, we talk about this more and more. I feel like as life goes on, yeah. but how much a part of life remembering is mm. and how much it progresses you forward. Remembering is integral mm. to faith. Yeah. And uh, I, I feel like, Going back and hearing the gospel, preaching the gospel to yourself is twofold. It's like you said, you remember where you came from. That's right. That keeps you humble. That keeps you right. from being prideful. Because where did where did Christ pull you out of? Right. The muck, the mire. The, I mean, he the just pit of death. Exactly. That's right. Like he pulled you from basically from the jaws of hell. Right. Um, not basically. Facts. <laughs> amen. amen. That's a great. Ill, amen. Yeah. So. Remembering where you came from keeps you from right. inflating your ego, from mm-hmm. pride. It also keeps you secured and and um, joyful. And like you're talking about this right. weekend in times of suffering and well, it's the stuff only like that. message that perseveres you, right? Like I, I think about any. You've read plenty of missionary stories. You've heard plenty of them. I think about who we'll be talking about this weekend. And like I said, when this airs, it'll be post. So hopefully, you'll hear this and remember. But I think about our brother and sister, the Ty Green family. Yeah. Uh, every testimony I've watched, he's talked about the gospel message. Yeah. And it's like that message is what persevered him through his suffering, persevered him through times of doubt and in times of joy. Because the reality is you can't get over the fact that message of someone has stepped in your place, the death that you deserved. Someone stepped in your place and that person is Jesus. Yes. Um, And I just think like, you know, I'll be the first to say, and this is a bold, this bold statement, you know, um, I did like the Lord regenerated me at some point. Yeah. I struggled to know when he did, you know, I, I, I said a prayer, uh, you know, well, I was seven years old. Right. And I don't know if that was the moment that God saved me or not. Right. I do know that his word tells me he saved me from the foundations of the earth. Well, and it goes back to, well, what's important? Right. That you remember a date or that, or that you, you remember know. the work. And see, that's what I was getting to is like in college, I remember a shift. I recall a shift. I've always wanted Jesus like growing up. So that's why like, yes, I believe he, he, maybe that was the point of regeneration, January 9th, 2005. Maybe it was. And all of this was sanctification, even the ups and downs. Cause yeah. we know he uses the highs and lows for his glory and for right. our, our, our good Romans eight twenty eight. But 
um, I remember a shift of affections specifically in college. Yeah. I, I, and the, the shift in affections, this is why I'm bringing this up for anyone out there is I remember there was a brokenness over the gospel. 100%. That was the shift. It wasn't a brokenness over anything else but the gospel message. Yeah. And it's actually, and I don't know if he'll be listening, but praise be to God for Nick Garzon, brother. I love you to death. But it was a brokenness in hearing that brother cry over his parents' salvation. Mm. And that is what broke me to do you believe this message or not? And then that God broke me at that moment of, do you understand what you're praying? Mm. And so that's why this, I guess this topic's become so passionate to me. Mm-hmm. And like I'm this morning, um, before I came, I, I had one of those kind of mornings. Yeah. I spilled my coffee. I think I got second degree burn, all that good stuff. But before, I don't know. I have these mornings every so often. Um, and, and I know Jesse does too where you've just, you've, you've been with the Lord mm-hmm. um, and there's just something different. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> um, and maybe that's because I've been praying for it. And this morning I got up with Anna, we get up at five 30 and we sat down and she was doing, she's, she, she's the most disciplined woman I know when it comes to doing her studies. Like I'm so proud of her and I'm so thankful for her. But some mornings I, I get into the word first. Some mornings I start something else to wake me up because I don't want to miss the word. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I struggle getting going sometimes. So I was reading my book that I'm uh, reading for this weekend and um, started reading about Elizabeth Elliot. Yeah. And her story of your suffering is not for nothing. So read that and stirred my affections a little bit. And then I remember um, I was drinking some coffee, walking around and working on my message for Sunday. And it hit me that truth claim for this Sunday, which was, I can say it since y'all already know after and hopefully it'll recall it. But, um, the hope that we have the hope for God's people in times of suffering is the fact that Christ is present in the times of suffering, no hope or excuse me, no hope, no Christ mm. full Christ, full hope. Mm-hmm. I remember just like writing that down. It kind of was like one of those things that just slapped me in the head. And, um, I moved forward walking with my coffee and, and getting Anna's stuff ready, helping her out. And it just kind of hit me. It's like, God, you are good. Like, and I thought about Emily Tiger and I thought, God, you are good. Cause you've held her fast. And that Man. song, hold me fast. We're going to be singing it Sunday. It, it really, this quote has been in my life in the forefront of my brain for like half a year now. And it's just, it always comes up. It's that RC Sproul. The one you sent me. The one I sent you. <laughs> We are not secure because we hold on to Christ. We are secure because Christ Christ holds holds on on to us. Man, what a word. Christ is sure and steady anchor. It's just like that hymn. Yeah. I mean, if, and if it were, if it were us holding on to him, we'd have no hope. I'd have slipped off so fast. I I wouldn't have lasted two minutes. Right. And so having that security. Yeah. Oh man. And that's, that's why I love he will hold me fast. That song. Yes. When I think my faith will fail, Christ will hold hold me me fast. fast. Mm -hmm. Um, Philippians one, six, he who began that good work will complete it to the day of Christ. Mm -hmm. I mean that, so like, that's why you need the gospel every day is you need to be reminded of the work that he's done. Yeah. It's been accomplished. And that's one of the points, uh, is be reminded that salvation is complete. Don't forget, brother and sister, that Romans 8, the golden chain of salvation, which that golden chain, the beauty behind that golden chain is every word is past tense. Yeah. Even 
glorified, which hasn't taken place in our timing, but in God timing, because he transcends time, it's done. Mm-hmm. So why do you need the gospel every day? You need to be reminded that what he has done is done. And here's one of my favorite things. It hit me a couple of weeks ago, I guess, because we were talking about in Sunday school. Do, do y'all know that God has a perfect record? Like he's a hundred and thousand, a million, billion and zero. Like he has no losses. God's never taken any losses. He's never been defeated. Just put that into perspective. Like mm. in the Old Testament, when Israel seemed like they were in a grim and dark place, yeah, they were in bondage for 70 years in Babylon. Did God abandon them? No. Absolutely not. And so even when it seems like all hope is lost, brother and sister, like we have got to come to a place of understanding. Do we believe this message or not? And mm. see that hope has never been lost. Yeah. Ever. And that's just, that, that was my prayer this morning as I was getting ready was, God, like I know all these things in my head. I know your Bible. I, I feel like I know the Bible pretty well. And that's not the puff up. I just, I feel like, God, I've, I've read, I've studied. But Lord, I don't want to have any air of doubt. Right. I don't want there to be any space within my heart for the enemy to go, hey, and don't forget doubt, boom. And I just prayed, 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 God, give me the faith of the Puritans. Give me the faith of the Reformers. Give me the faith of the Tigreens. Like, I know that they're men, and they probably have their days. But I'm so thankful that God has given us great saints as, as a reminder. And like the Apostle Paul, to remind, he held them fast, so too I will hold yeah. you fast. Surrounded by so great a, a great cloud, cloud of witnesses. witnesses. <laughs> yeah. Hebrews, baby. Yes. Isn't it awesome? God's providence. So that's where there, I'm teaching right yeah, now. I know. It's and I, I, that passage in Hebrews of once and for all. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know when it came to me. I don't remember if it was in college that it was taught or if it was a sermon I watched. I, but I'll never forget that like shift of understanding. It's always been taught that that once and for all meant for once and all of mankind. Mm-hmm. But the good news behind that, is actually it's once and for all meaning Christ. What He did is done it's for done. eternity. Oh yeah, we had this. <laughs> I remember when we were doing oh, Hebrews, me, you, and yeah. Robert Blackwelder. Yeah, we were. We spent a ton of time just being like, "Did you read this phrase? Do you understand? Yeah. <laughs> Do you that, like, know what this means? Do we understand that that means like Jesus never has to once do it again and for and all. that means that like what God has done." Everything that he's done in history was a one-time thing. It is finished. Tetelestai. And see, that's what makes Jesus' words on the cross of Tetelestai even greater. Because when he cried Tetelestai, it was, it is finished. Not only is my death finished right here, because that's what the way it's always been kind of perceived as, hey, my death is done. No, 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 no. It means the atonement's been done. The relationship has been restored. restored. Yeah, we've been There is access to the Father. Eternity is now coming to its culmination in Christ. <laughs> I mean, it was just, I, I, I'll never get over we that. Look, we need, we need some organ music. Cause I'm about to get up and run around this room. Dude, I'm telling you, it's just, <laughs> that's the God we serve. Yeah. That's the God we serve. And so like, I just, um, I, I cannot, cannot, cannot wait to preach that Sunday. Yes. Um, because I'm preaching all of Romans eight Sunday. Um, and Romans eight actually just takes all of that from the scriptures and it's like, here's one sermon. 
Yeah. And it's not even a sermon. It's just one chapter. Right. But it's just so, so special. Um, so I pray and I pray and I pray that this will bless you um, as you grow in Christ and as you persevere um, to the next day through Christ yeah. in you there. And I, you know, I, I can't wait to present certain songs and they were doing a couple of new songs, um, that the youth have been singing in the back. And I pray that they blessed you, um, when you hear them and here, there is one gospel, um, that, it, that song reminds you of the need. And so, um, what, what a great way to, to start this series. What a great way to start this week for us. What mm. a great way to, um, move into D now, um, and so thank y'all so much for, if you've tuned in, I pray that you have been encouraged. Um, and we will be picking up again with another foundation next week. Um, and we're just going to take one day at a time, one week at a time and allow God to kind of lay on our hearts. What is the need of his people? And so be praying for us in that as we want to truthfully just, uh, bring forth what's going to be the most beneficial to our souls and our hearts to stir our affections for Jesus um, but thank y'all so much for your support. We look forward to talking to you again next week. Shabbat Shalom. We'll see you soon.